Sound in Faith podcast coming to you from Faith Baptist Fellowship in freezing Sioux Falls, South Dakota. It's cold. It is cold. I'm Pastor Thomas Lawson. And I'm Pastor Mike Johnson. Our aim with this podcast is to encourage the saints of Faith Baptist Fellowship to believe sound doctrine and to live lives that adorn the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. And this is a great time. You're cold. You can listen to a podcast in your warm house or car. Someone told me the other day that the length of our podcast is perfect for a cardio session. A cardio session? Yeah. Oh, that's what we're here for. That's I hope what, that heart rate is 130 right now. Yeah, I hope that uh, with your New Year's resolutions and whatever exercise you're engaging in, uh, that we can keep you motivated on the treadmill or on the exercise bike or the elliptical, whatever that looks like. Got to stay warm. Got to stay warm right now. Right on. Oh my goodness, it's going to be cold. Wait, didn't you live in Siberia? I did. We it's, lived in Russia and then visited Siberia. What's so the, I looked at the temperatures this weekend, and it's not that bad. No, no, <laughs> so, honestly, comparatively so. Now, the thing I have to say is the wind here is what gets you. Because when it's, it can be minus 19 outside, and you're like, okay, you know, if I bundle up, that's not bad. But when you have a 30 mile an hour wind. Yeah. What's, okay, what's the coldest temperature you ever experienced in Siberia? It was right at 49.50, minus 49.50. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, minus 58 was the coldest I'd ever been in before. That's that's very cold. That is. The thing with Siberia, like, it's not so much those spikes. Yeah. It's that we'd have, like, 25 below for a week, you know, or, yeah. or a week and a half or something like that. You know, so it was a long long sense of it being very, very cold. So the spikes didn't bother me that much. Uh, you know, it was more the 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 dull ache of it yeah. being very cold. So I, a quick story here, just just for interest. So that, that day that I experienced that temperature, um, I was very, very early into our Russian ministry. So my Russian was still baby, baby, baby Russian. Okay. And and I remember staying at this guy's house. And it was out in the village. And he, he comes in, he knocks on the door, and he comes in in the morning. He says... Thomas, сегодня на улице минус пятьдесят So he said, Thomas, <laughs> on the street today it's minus fifty-eight. Yeah, and that was uh, that was intense. Yeah, it was like camping. It was intense. <laughs> Very cold. That yep. was that was a bad dad joke. Anyway, uh, we want to, with all the cold weather, we want to warm your hearts today. Mm. With this podcast, see how I did that? See how I transitioned there? Yeah, good yeah, segue. Yeah, good, good segue, good segue. We're going to be asking the question, is membership biblical? Okay, so last week we talked about, you know, why church? Mm-hmm. Why should you be part of a church? And we talked about what is a good church member. So moving on from that, kind of kind of springboarding off of that, we're asking the question, you know, well, first of all, may, maybe you've, you're not familiar with church membership. I know many of you are, many of our listeners are. Uh, but, you know, people can be like, where do we see this in the Bible? Is this biblical to say, have like a membership, an official membership at a church? Yep. Yeah. And so why don't we just start right off the bat with asking the question, what is church membership? Yeah. So church membership is the formalization, um, however that's done, and it's done differently in different local congregations, um, between a person who goes to a church and a church saying that they're formally together, you know, they're mm. that the, the someone is a part of that church. And the formalization process or that um, that thing 
is the membership. You know, so yeah. so for some some churches, it's uh, a class. Some uh, some churches, uh, especially uh, some SBC uh, congregations that I've been aware of in the Deep South, it's it's basically going for it after a service and being voted on verbally right then by the congregation. Uh, others, it's a much more in-depth process. Different traditions have different ways of formalizing it, but it's 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 a formal way of saying, "I'm a part of this congregation." Okay, so it's not just uh, necessarily just visiting a congregation one time or going a bunch of times. No, it's it's not even it's not even attending. Like it's it's more than that. And I, I said it's uh, I said it's a formal way of of me saying I'm part of this church, but it's actually two it has two sides to it, right? It's a formal way of me saying I'm a part of this church, mm-hmm. and a formal way of the church saying that I'm a part. Okay, yeah, that I'm I'm a member. I'm a I'm a part of this local body of Christ, professing Christian. Yeah, no, and and that's uh, that that makes total sense right there. So you know, for many people, maybe you've grown up in the church, and the idea of church membership, maybe for most of our listeners, is it's a no brainer. We get it. Mm-hmm. You know, we we understand. You become part of a local church, but there are those that object to yes. formal church membership, and one of the objections that they have is that we don't, you know, they'll say we don't see it in scripture, or maybe we don't see church membership those words in scripture. How then do we address those objections? Yeah, so it it is in the scriptures. Like the the word membership is not found in our English translations, um, but neither is the word Trinity, and you know, so that's not a, a great argument for it. But the concept is assumed in a lot of different places in the mm. New Testament. Uh, the concept of somebody being formally in or formally out, mm. and we could you know we could really go deep with this and talk about how church discipline would work without membership. I mean, it wouldn't, right? Like in in uh, in First Corinthians, um, Paul urged the Corinthians to put someone out. Well, there had to mm-hmm. be a sense in which that person was in, right? Right. Yeah. Uh, for him to be put out, there has to be a sense that he was somehow in. So there was a a sense of membership there that was assumed that that was that it must have been in place. That how they formalized it's not stated, and that's that's another issue. Like how to formalize it, I think, is left to Christian prudence, right? And yes. wisdom. It's 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 not dictated to us from the scriptures. It's not instructed to us from the scriptures how to do that. So we we have to figure out how to do that in our context. Um, but the sense of somebody being formally in or not in that's there. Yeah, there, there's definitely that sense of an established relationship that we see in scripture. Uh, oftentimes, when someone says, I object to church membership, um, I, I'll begin the conversation by asking, well, what do you think church membership is? Because I probably don't agree with that either. Mm. Um, and and if it's, you know, we live in a, in a culture where, you know, we think of membership, you, you have a gym membership. We have Costco or, or Sam's or something like that. Membership is kind of seen like, well, are you, have you joined the club? And that is by no means what we, we're talking mm-hmm. about when we talk about church membership. So um, coming up here this Sunday, actually, Sunday, January 14th, and I know sometimes people listen to these podcasts a little delayed, uh, but if you're listening to this 2024. one on 2024, <laughs> January 14th, 2024, we're going to be getting our, uh, be starting up our next session of our Faith Explored class. So it's part of our membership process here at Faith, and of course anyone can take that class. You don't have to be planning to join as a member. You're welcome to join. 
But it is our first step, really, in our membership process is to take the Faith Explorer class. And we actually cover this subject of membership uh, in the class. And and I, I usually try to hit like three points, and there's so much more to this that could be said, and, and I'm not going to say it all right now. This is just a little bit of a teaser. But, you know, I lay out really three points that church membership, as we see laid out in Scripture, you know, there are these aspects to it that are... F- very biblical, and one of those is acknowledgement of or submission to biblical leadership. And so when it says in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 17, you know, when when the writer of Hebrews exhorts those people to obey your leaders and submit to them, for they are keeping watch over your souls as those who have to give an account, you know, we as elders of the church, pastor elders of the church, we have to know those people for whom we are going to have to give an account. That's a really serious thing. I mean, yeah. you, you, and if you if you do away with any sense of church membership, uh, then you're left with wondering who, for whom will I give an account? Will it be all the Christians in Sioux Falls? Will it be all the Christians that yeah. are out there? I mean, would would it be you know, you know like are or are there people for whom I will genuinely before the Lord give an account and. I think membership answers that. Yeah, there are, there are some, and then and then on the other side of that too, right? Like yeah, yeah. For a church member to know who their leaders are, is it every pastor? Exactly. Is yes. it every <laughs> you know? Is it every Christian leader um, in Sioux Falls? <laughs> you know? Yeah. So uh, yeah. there there has to be a there has to be membership for that even to make sense. Right. Exactly. I mean, you know, does does some pastor in Paducah, Kentucky, you know, have spiritual authority uh, to shepherd me? Right. You know, I've when got you're a, not in Paducah. When I'm not in Paducah, Kentucky, and I have no no authority, right. you know, no association with that church. So, acknowledgement of biblical leadership and the process that you that you alluded to and you said is left to Christian prudence is the way of establishing that relationship, so right. that I know when someone comes in on Sunday morning and I see them, it's like, hey, they they have acknowledged that they're part of this church and they acknowledge the the leadership of this church and are following, they're part of the flock. Yeah. And, and I have a, a sense of just great responsibility, I feel, for them. And there's one other aspect of that. Uh, it, it's the church saying, I affirm their profession of faith. Yes, yeah. You know, I, I affirm that they are, they, they, that their profession of faith seems absolutely genuine, that they are following Christ, that they are a Christian. Yeah. Um, two of the other aspects, and just very briefly, but one of them is, you know, well, submitting and acknowledging the leadership of a church, the, the, the committing to the fellowship and committing to that mutual accountability. And of course, we could go into the myriad of one another statements in the New Testament, and all of those one another statements that, you know, love one another, uh, you know, count one another as more important as, than yourselves, you know, all of those statements are assuming an established relationship in a local church. And so those are very important. So it's committing to that, and, and then really it's fulfilling those one another imperatives of Scripture. And so we cover that in the Faith Explorer class. Um, all of the components of membership are there in Scripture. While we don't see that exact phrase, church membership, uh, the truth is there. The concept what, is assumed. The concept, the concept yeah. is there. It's yeah. clear. I, I don't think you can build a strong biblical case against it. Mostly, the arguments I've heard are, are arguments that, um, like from silence, saying, "Well, the scriptures don't say church membership, therefore there is no such thing." You know, and I, I just don't find those yeah compelling. I would say, you know, to someone who is not a member of a church and resists that, I would say, "Well, who are the elders to whom you are submitting?" Right. 
And if they say, well, you know, elder these, and it's like, well, have you let them know that? <laughs> and have you, have you, uh, you know, followed the process that they have laid out for establishing that relationship? Yeah. Uh, that's going to be important. Yeah, you, you know that is that is actually important. Like the the idea of submitting to the actual process, yeah, of of church membership is submitting to the church leaders. You know, so so there are I've run into Christians uh, who are you know genuine in their faith. I believe you know I, I can think of some right now that come to mind uh, who have resisted the idea of membership, but but want to be functionally members. Right. Like yeah. They 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 feel like they should be in submission to the. To the pastors and elders of the church, they feel like they, you know, they're they're there. They 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 commit their time and resources to the to the good of the church. All of those kind of things, um, but they don't want to follow that exactly. And and that is that is a real thing to consider. Like, am I submitting uh, to to these leaders for real if I resist that aspect of it? Yeah, and that's something to ponder before the Lord. Yeah, and the elders are charged with doing, you know, guarding the flock, shepherding the flock, and so yeah. if the Lord has led them to a process that they think is prudent and wise for establishing that relationship, you know, of church membership, uh, you know, it's a it's a good thing to consider and mm-hmm. submit to. Yeah. yeah. Um, so how then, if, we, if we're saying that, okay, we've defined what church membership is, we've established that it is biblical... How then does it help Christians, and how then does it help churches? Yeah, so, I mean, with your membership comes a free subscription to a magazine and some discounts. No. (laughs) The secret handshake? The secret... No. None of those things. Uh, It helps Christians because things are clear. Clarity always helps. Like, this is my church. I'm a part of this church. It's not the church I just go to. Uh, This is my church. The, The church is us, like we talked about last week. Uh, there's a huge benefit, um, yeah. like focusing the one anothering, you know, on 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 the local body of Christ that God has given me, you, you know, as a mm. as a church member. Uh, that's a huge benefit, both to me and to other Christians around me. You know, using my gifts to serve the body of Christ. All of those things are are gifts, but also like that whole accountability thing. Like I have shepherds who are looking out for me and who who want um, who want to. To uh, to see me flourish in the faith and to follow Christ and to love Jesus. Mm, yeah, and and can I can I use an imperfect sports metaphor here? Yeah, for this. I mean, I won't, I won't get it. But it's go, like go well, yeah, I think you'll get this. It's like putting on the jersey in, in some ways because you know you can you can go to a football game uh, and cheer for the team, but yeah. when you're when you're wearing the jersey for the team, you know, and you know you you. you People know who you're about. So like you're saying, it's bringing clarity. You you know where someone stands. You know that uh, that relationship has been defined. And so I think that that is always going to be helpful right there. I know that wasn't a perfect sports metaphor. Yeah, but no, it's There's good. some connection. It's good. It. And here's another benefit. When the church hurts, we hurt. Right. It's it's not just, you know, that church is going through something right now. You know, we hurt. We, mm. you know, and, and it's, 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 as a part of the body of Christ, like I, I have a vested interest in the good of the church. You know, and when yeah. the church hurts, I hurt. You know, like uh, it, it's I, I feel that with the church. It, you know, and I'm I'm not speaking as a pastor. I'm speaking yeah. as a as a church member. You know, I feel that, and that's that's a benefit of church membership. You may have noticed this when you were in Russia. Maybe you did. Um, the you know when you go out to a lot of the small villages, a lot of times the people in the village would speak. Uh, you know, as we 
we are going, you know, our village mm. lost someone or yeah. our village lost a cow or, you know, they, there, there was a greater, deeper sense of kind of community among the smaller little towns. And you, you get that sense too, and even in America, and you go into small towns and stuff, people think in terms of we. And, and that's really how we should be as a church when we think of, you know, we're going through something. Uh, we're facing this together. Right. Um, the, the, there's a great bond that takes place in that relationship. And on the other side, the positive side, we're on mission together. Mm, you know, yeah. we, we're on mission. We, we, we believe the Great Commission, and we, we don't think it's an individual sport. Like, we think this is all of us going yeah. after this for the lost in Sioux Falls uh, and around the world. We're bearing one another's burdens. We are yeah. using our gifts for the building up of the body and the proclamation of the gospel yeah. to the ends of the earth. It's it's a great thing. And accordingly, this isn't a benefit of church membership, but it's just a practical thing. Accordingly, I I um I, I'm part of the whole process of how the decisions get made and things like that as a church member. Mm. Um, it's and that's that's appropriate, right? It wouldn't be appropriate to just let any anybody have a have a voice or a say in the in the in the happenings of the church, but church members should, you know, and yeah. that's that's because it, this is us, right? It's like uh, the the body should be able to speak about the body, you know, and that's yeah. you know, and and while we have elders who who lead, uh, we have a congregation, uh, you know, and that's uh, the congregation is made up of members, and those right. members have that's why we vote on on significant things, yeah, uh, like this, not this Sunday, but a few Sundays from now, we're gonna have a vote on some things, and um, that's good, you know. Yeah. That's good, and the and there's a reason why only members get to vote. Yeah, it it highlights again going back to our polity as Baptists. Yes, we're we're elder led, but we're congregationally ruled. Right, meaning that while the elders uh, take that shepherding lead among the congregation and seek to guide and do it with biblical wisdom and prayer. Uh, ultimately, those final decisions are made by the congregation together as one voice, and we say, this is what we're going to do. This is, this is the budget we approve, these are the pastors we call, these are the elders yeah. we affirm. And uh, a synonym for the congregation is yeah. the church membership. The church membership, yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. What if you're not a church member? You're not saved? I think people can be believers, obviously, yeah. in Christ. And uh, I think I think a lot of the people we talked about before that have objections to this area, I, I know some that are solid in their faith, they're true believers, um, but they object to this idea, and they've resisted it, and I think they're wrong to resist it, you know? Yeah. But I don't, I don't question their, their commitment to the Lord, you know, uh, or, their, or their faith in Christ. We can be mistaken on things, you know, yeah. and, and still be <clears throat> believers. Um, yet, let me say this. There is something to be said about being examined by a church uh, for your profession of faith and having them say yes, yes, we, we, we see, we, we see that you are trusting in Christ. Uh, that that is a helpful thing. Yeah, yeah, I I agree completely there. I mean, yes, there's many people that aren't members of local churches that are that are saved, um, and and you know wise in the things of the word. But at the same time, if you are Based upon what we defined church membership to be, if you're a Christian, you should be a member you should of a local a church. You should be. Yeah, exactly. Um, at the same time, though, you know, you can have people who object to church membership, but in really are functioning in many ways like members. Yes. What do you do with that? Well, I, I view it a couple of different ways. One, I do want to be a faithful 
pastor to them. You know, yeah. I, I don't want to just, okay, well, you have this objection, so therefore I'm not going to, you know, minister to you or shepherd you well or whatever. I, I still want to be a, a loving brother to them and, and help help lead them. I want to disciple them towards membership. That's going to be one of my thoughts mm-hmm. with it. Um, so I'm not just going to let it go, you know. Uh, but at the same time, I want to love them well. And I, I do want to help them see, though, that what they're settling for is less, not not more. You yeah. know, to to stay independent, to stay to stay uncommitted. You know, there is a, a level of uncommitment there. You know, and that that's not helpful for you, and not helpful for the body of Christ either. You're you are in a sense. I mean, it, we could just take one little practical thing, like not voting, like not mm-hmm. being able to have a vote in the church. It, you're depriving the church of your wisdom, you know, just yeah. in that. You know, you, you know what I mean? Yeah, you're depri- I, so, so I think we, we're settling for less. And my encouragement to that brother would be, man, don't resist this. Like, don't, don't resist us in this. Don't resist our leadership in this. Um, you know, if it, you should be a part of the church. There shouldn't be a membership light idea or a functional member, but right, not really yeah. a member, not formally a member. You know, there, there are many things that we welcome people to do here at Faith in terms of serving, uh, if they're not members, or maybe they're considering becoming members, and I let people know that if you're, if you're on the path to membership here at Faith, you plan on joining, there's plenty of th- ways you can get involved as you go through that membership process. But at the same time, there are there are a number of steps that we we want you to be a member uh, before we we would want you in that position. Right on. And you know, for voting is one of those. So that's that's very important in terms of making decisions about the direction, future of the church, all of that. We want you to be fully invested teaching, as a member. Teaching, teaching, kind of things, yeah. positions of leadership, yep. those types of things. Uh, and we we do that not out of a sense of we want to exclude you. But we, we want to guard the faith that's been entrusted to us, and we want to ensure that everyone who, are, who is leading and teaching in the Church uh, has, has been fully identified, and that formal relationship has been established. And, and they formally said that, I'm, yeah. yes, I'm accountable to this Church, and yeah. I, I love this Church, and I'm, I'm, you know, I'm following the leadership of this Church. They formally said that by way of their Church membership covenant. Yeah. And at the same time, though, if you're here, and you're with us, and you're not a member we're not going to abandon you. No. You know, uh, we we have, uh, you know, if you're if you've got things going on in your life, it's not that we're like, well, we can't help you because you're not a member. You know, we we do that. We we seek to, as you said, pastor them and guide them and love them. Um, uh, but we want you to, uh, you know, we want you to join. We, we do. We really yeah. want you to become. It's a one of the reasons we're doing this podcast. We 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 want you. Yeah. You know, here we're speaking. You're on the treadmill. You know, doing your cardio, and we, <laughs> and we want to encourage you to join. You're headed down the road, 10 and 2, because ice is on the road right now. Yeah, whatever that looks like. Yeah. So what's the process here at Faith? What are the requirements? Yeah. So the process that we have laid out, and, and again, you highlighted this, prudence dictates the process. Uh, and so for us here at Faith, the way that our elders have established the process is this. We have the first step, which is the Faith Explored class. We want people to take that class, not because there's some exam at the end that you have to score a test on, or you get credits that carry over for a number of years. You know, it is a it is a way to make sure that you're making this decision about joining as a member fully informed. Mm. So, Faith Explored, an eight week class that we have during the middle hour, uh, it runs for eight weeks, and in that class we we cover our gospel culture 
and our, our excuse me, our gospel doctrine and our gospel culture. Mm. So if you've read the little green book that we give out to everybody from uh, Ray Ortland, the gospel, mm-hmm. um, it, it, it covers that concept. We want to be a church of gospel doctrine and gospel culture. Gospel doctrine, what we believe, what yeah. we're all about, and that is the gospel itself. So we cover all of our beliefs, our mission, our vision. And then our gospel culture is how we live that out, and that is our five loves. So love God, love God's Word and prayer, uh, love one another, love our neighbors, love the gospel. And so we cover each one of those and, and what that looks like like in light of that gospel truth. And then our final session, because uh, that that's the first seven sessions, the final session are, are you know the next steps, how to become a member. Maybe you need to be baptized. Other questions, how to get plugged into ministries, things like that. So we ask you to take that class, yep. and then uh, once you're done taking that class, you fill out the membership questionnaire, which is most easily done online. Um, and the elders receive that, and what that questionnaire is asking you, it's not meant to be a comprehensive biography of your life, but just your brief testimony, a little bit about you, it's so that we can get to know you better. The elders will then uh, reach out to you, one of our elders, to do an interview with you, and that interview is really to hear your testimony. We want to know what God has done in your life, we want to hear your story, of, of the gospel transformation that's taken place. Uh, and if you give a, a good, credible profession of faith, the elders will recommend you to the congregation uh, for membership, and the congregation will vote and welcome you into membership. So um, I know some listeners would hear that, and that part about being interviewed would be kind of intimidating. Yeah. Is that an intimidating process? Yes, yeah. So they, we have a dark room, smoke-filled... Uh, One spotlight, spotlight on you. Spotlight on you. <laughs> it's, a, it's a comfortable conversation. Right, And yes. my wife actually just went through it, yeah. uh, you know, because she just joined the church. I guess I was... Um, I, I didn't have to do the interview. I mean, I did lots of interviews, actually, but yeah. I didn't have to do the membership interview. But anyway, um, she just did all that, and she loved it. It was like... Uh, it was encouraging to her to meet the elders... Uh, two elders and an elder wife met with her, mm-hmm. and uh, and it was like super encouraging. Like she just they asked they, they, they she didn't feel grilled, she didn't feel you know like okay satisfy us here on on your testimony you know yeah uh, it, just questions and answers. It was a conversation. It was comfortable and encouraging. She left encouraged. She she left very encouraged. So there's that for you. Yeah, if I you're mean, when it comes down stuff. to that interview on the gospel, we're we're looking for an understanding of what Christ has done and what he's done for you. We're we're not looking for your millennial views. We're not looking for whether you're an infra super lapsarian. We're not, you know, there's not going to be these comprehensive theological questions. This isn't your measure of your theological knowledge in every aspect of the Bible. It's it's really, do you know Christ? Yeah. You know, have you experienced that heart transplant surgery? And let's segue to the the real heart of that question. Yeah. Um, so that was the process. Um, what are the requirements? Like, the, re- the requirements for me to be a member. Uh, you must be a Christian. Okay. And give a credible profession of faith, trusting Jesus, Christ trusting alone. Jesus Christ alone for yep. your salvation and Him alone. Uh, you should be baptized by immersion uh, as a believer. Before you, we'll talk about the baptism, but yeah. do I have to be a mature Christian? No. Right. You do not have to be a mature Christian. I could be, wherever I am on the Christian a growth spectrum is fine, right? Baby Christian, yeah. yes. So membership is not a mark of maturity, no. per se. No. It's, it's, it's a mark that you're part of the church, yeah. you're part of the body of Christ, yeah. If you're a Christian, 
you if you if your hope is in Christ and him alone for your salvation, you should be a member of a local church. Wherever you are on right. the spectrum of your growth and faith. Yes. Yeah, that's if great. that happened this morning, you know, you should, uh, you should you start should, that process. You should start that process Amen. of becoming Amen. a church member. Be baptized. Be why baptized. Do we, why do we insist on that? Because that's what we believe scripture teaches. You know, the scriptures teach believe and be baptized, repent of your sins and be baptized. And so we believe that is the public declaration yes. of your faith. It's uh, we believe you should be a Christian who has publicly professed that. Right. right? Yeah. Be publicly profess that faith, uh, and so be. You know, that's how one goes public with their faith by being baptized. Right. Yeah. So that's that's required. What else? Yeah. Um, so we covered. Yeah. Excuse me. Uh, you must be a Christian. You must yeah. be baptized. Um, we do ask that you agree with our statement of faith right. at Faith Baptist Fellowship. Uh, and so that is all covered in the Faith Explore class. It's also posted on our website, What We Believe. Uh, our statement of faith is, a, is, is in many senses, it's, it's specific in many senses, but it's also general in some specifics. We don't, we don't get into the nitty-gritty of, of uh, the, you know, the particulars about the return of Christ. Superlapsarianism, as you mentioned. <laughs> No one's gonna drop the word plenipotentiarian on you or anything like that. You don't, you know. There's none of none of the the finer points there. Uh, it is meant to be for people who are believers who are Christians. Yeah. Um, and then there are other uh, finer points of doctrine that are dear to us here at Faith. But to become a member, you know, we ask that you look at and believe our statement right. of faith that we and have. Some of those finer points. Um, Often requires somebody to grow into as they grow in their understanding of the gospel and right. grow in the, yeah, so. yeah yeah and then one last requirement is you have to covenant together with us and yes uh, we actually read the covenant it's actually a cool experience we read it all together the whole church uh, and it's a it's a it's a good document like we talk about not gossiping and not slandering mm-hmm. one another and loving one another and you know just the the verbal commitments that we make the as members yeah. of the body of Christ here yeah. And, and so I encourage you to join up with the Faith Explore class. If you're listening to this and you haven't done it yet, you're not a member here at Faith, uh, you can go to faithsf.com. You can go to our website, mm. and you can actually just, you know, you can go to one of the drop-down members. Is I it think on the it's, app? It's, it's on the app, too. Yes, it's, it's the on app. the app. It's on the app. Uh, if you come in and you click the, the pancake menu up at the top, le- top left-hand corner, click on membership, and it'll tell you about... Faith, uh, faith explored. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. So, uh, so faithsf.com slash fe is another way to get it too on our website through our app, um, and or if you just want to just show up, this just Sunday, show up. Yeah. This can. this Sunday, uh, ten o'clock, right? Yeah. Nine fifty five. Nine fifty five. We kind of get going. Uh, room two twenty five. Okay. Come, yep. come, and come. you know we we can talk to you more about it later. By the way, attending that class does not. Is is not a sign that you're committed to membership. Yeah, you can come and just learn about the church, learn about membership. If you're kicking the tires, that's fine. It's too. a great class yeah, for you. It's to be a great in. class for you to do. And I went last time, and it was it was great. So, yep. And you'll also one last little caveat, uh, you know, plug for that. You'll get to meet a lot of elders because the elders uh, will be in most of the sessions. Dif- <laughs> different elders will be in different sessions. So. Mm, good, good word, good word. So. Just briefly, because I know we got some listener questions we want to get to, but this last question here, what has been your journey with church membership? Yeah, mine, I've been a member of three churches. Uh, I've been a pastor of all three of those, too, you know, but uh, the first church was the First Baptist Church of Geneva. I was a member there uh, since becoming a Christian at the age of 16. Uh, They sent me to Russia. 
they mm. you know they were a, a part of that whole process. Lovely church. They love the gospel there. Um, I'm still in fellowship with many of the Christians that are there, um, dear friends of mine. I came back and I served as an associate pastor there for five years and uh, mentored under their pastor at the time, who's now mm. uh, gone home to be with the Lord. So that was the first church I was a member of from the time I was a believer, uh, 16, till about the time I was 39 years old. And then I transferred my membership to Ridgeview Bible Church, which was a church out in Shadron. Uh, and I was a pastor there and love love that church to this day. It's de- near and dear to my heart. Love the believers there. They love they love the gospel. They love Christ, led by a good pastor now uh, after I've left. But I was there for 10 years, and now, I, now I'm a member of faith. And, yeah. and that's that, that. I've only been a member for five months. So, wow. Love it. Yeah. Uh, for me, uh, the uh, actually, it's interesting. The church that I grew up in, we did not have formal membership mm. at the church. So I actually did not become a member of a church until I was in my 20s. I became a member of First Presbyterian Church of Jackson, Mississippi, went through their membership class. It's called their Inquirer's class, and uh, joined as a member of that church. And then uh, later, uh, when I became a youth youth pastor at a church, it was at uh, First Presbyterian Church of Yazoo City. Mm. So all of these early churches are all Presbyterian, and then there's a shift. There's a notable shift that takes place. Um, and then um, we, we actually went to Russia, and I became a member, or it was called like an associate member of the church there that we had close ties with it. We felt like it was important to have a local body <clears throat> that we were covenanting with and had an established relationship, so um, the church, Svet uh, Krista, Light of Christ Church, uh, we joined with them, and then uh, came back and uh, we uh, moved up to Oregon, and we were looking for a church, and this is where the shift to uh, a Baptist church takes place. We became members of Gresham Bible Church, which is a shout-out to our Gresham friends that are listening. I know a few do. Woo-hoo. Anyway, um, uh, which was a Baptistic church uh, in their in their beliefs, and my, my uh, theology changed that time, then became a member of faith, and, and here I am now, mm. and I've uh, been a member since I got here. Uh, so about four and a half years. Awesome. And has it been beneficial for you to be a member of local churches? Absolutely, absolutely. And in every instance, there's that acknowledgement that, hey, we're all in here. Yeah. This is we are fully committed, and these people are committed to us. And uh, this is our church. We're, we've got the jersey on. It has been a huge, huge blessing in my life to be a member of of a local church. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, we do have a few listener questions we want to get to yes. today. Bring back our our music. So the first yeah. question is from Cliff. Uh, Cliff, I believe this is the good friend of mine, Cliff, who who's from Florida. He asks if a pastor should ever feel freedom to share with his congregation that he's not voting. Should there ever be a time when... When a when a pastor shares, am I reading it right? Did you do you have? I it think there? So. I, I think that's the way you're reading it. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't have it pulled up, but yeah. that's that's the way I remember it too. Yeah. So, um, you want to give a stab at it? Or you want me to? Oh, you know, I've thought about this a lot, and here's the: I think it really ultimately comes down to the context that you're in. Um, there are certainly cases where I can say where it's not wise for a pastor to share who he's voting for, his political views yeah. on, on uh, you know, be, be cut for the sake of the gospel, because so often those things can become misunderstood, misinterpreted. The reasons are going to be left to people's own imaginations. Um, but there can be—can uh, yeah, I, I say 
can you never do that? I, I couldn't say that. Right. I, right. I, because there can be a context in where you're in where it might be prudent. Right. Uh, it might be wise to give advice or to share that. You know, so it, it's hard to say, is there a hard and fast rule? Yeah, First Corinthians 6 says, all things are lawful for me, but not all things are helpful. And yeah. I, I think I think the, the two markers we have to have as we figure out how we want to share with our congregation are how we go about voting and how we go about being good citizens. Mm-hmm. I think, <clears throat> is is it lawful? Like, can I do this? Yeah. And I, I, you know, in the case of sharing my political views, yes, I could. I, I don't. I can't put a law on pastors that they could never share their political views. Um, there's there's nothing in the scriptures that prohibit that. But is it helpful? And that's where I have to wrestle with the wisdom of it. And most of the time, I have found it not to be that helpful for yeah. me to talk that much about my political thoughts. You know. Yes. Instead, I want to talk about the really important things in life, and we've talked about this before in the podcast. And I want to point people and, and framework stuff. You know, so that they vote. As Christians who love Jesus, you know, yeah, uh, or abstain from voting because of because of their love for Christ, whatever they do, you know. Right. So, so there you go, Cliff. I know you you might not like that answer, but that's where we're at. Uh, there's no law; we, we we wouldn't prohibit a pastor from doing that. But um, not all things are helpful, and we want to be helpful. We yeah. want to help people follow Jesus. It, I think as a pastor, you've got to ask the question: What is most helpful for my sheep? Yeah, you know, and could there be a context where sharing that could be helpful? For sure. But yep. at the same time, there are plenty of contexts where it's not helpful. Having said that, who did you vote for? No, we can keep <laughs> rolling. <laughs> I have a t-shirt uh, because I'm an LSU fan and a Bengals fan. It says, you know, Burrow and Jamar Chase for 2024. Oh, there uh, you go. The two really hot players on the Bengals and both came from LSU. Anyway, the, so... <laughs> nice. <laughs> anyway. Nice. Um, we have a question here from Anna Flowers. She says, how does science and religion go together? Are they separate? Can we explain the beginning of time using the Bible that also coincides with science? Yeah, I, I guess there's a couple of things you have to do before you answer that question straight up. One is define science. And if you're defining it as the scientific method like of observation, uh, there absolutely is no contradiction in the scriptures yeah, between anything yeah. that we can actually observe. <clears throat> Uh, if you're defining that as all the theories of science and all the different things that sci- science-oriented people think, well, then, yeah, there's going to be some contradictions because people think all kinds of things about the beginnings. Right. Uh, so if you're just thinking about—and I have a, a good friend who is a scientist, a published scientist, uh, organic chemist, uh, and, and, and he shared with me, frankly, that, uh, that there, is, there is nothing about the scientific method as it is that contradicts anything about Christianity. Yeah. And so there's there's no reason that we need to to um uh, I think you should believe the scriptures about the beginnings. I, I think they're clear. I think it's the most helpful place to go. It's God revealing himself to us definitively. Uh so, and I and I and I don't think there's anything in the scientific method that that is bothered by that. Yeah, I'll say I'll say this. I I mean I love science. Yeah. I I am a I'm a you know space nerd, all of that. I've got a you model. Have Star Wars music right now. I should have Star Wars music. That. Of course, it's copyright, so we yeah, get flagged right. for that. But I, I mean, I have a, a a model of the Saturn V rocket in my office. I mean, I love all that kind of stuff because it it what it boils down to is what what are your presuppositions when you come to the scientific method? Are 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 you presupposing that there is no creator? Well, if you presuppose that. Then you're, it's it's going to affect how you go about the scientific method. 
But I presuppose that there is God, almighty, supreme, everlasting, who is the creator of heaven and earth. And so my observations of the universe, and when I when I read science about you know the, the galaxies and the stars and the immensity of it all, uh, I I rejoice into worship, right? Because you know it's it's so incredible the the scope and the magnitude of what He has created, and in you know um, one apologist uh, Tim Keller in his book on the reason for God goes into this that ultimately even scientists who claim that there is no God. Are, are doing so on faith. There is an element of faith in what they presuppose and what they believe. Right, right. Uh, and so it's not as if their science, which is pure science without any influence of one's yeah. personal positions or, or convictions, you know, so I think you answered it well. Uh, we don't have to be anti-science, but we, we approach that with the knowledge of our Creator. And listener who just objected because Thomas seems to come to the table with presuppositions and science is not supposed to do that, don't kid yourself. <laughs> Everybody comes to the table yes. with presuppositions. Everyone comes with presuppositions, yeah. Good questions there. We enjoyed those today. So anything to wrap this up with, Pastor Mike? I think you should join a local church. Um, pastor, if you're a pastor of a church that doesn't have formal membership, I think you should work to see membership formalized. Absolutely, I agree. It's been the Sound in Faith podcast. I'm Pastor Thomas. And I'm Pastor Mike. Stay warm, and Lord willing, we'll see you Sunday. Sunday.